Welcome to Apparently, the podcast for absolutely average parents. I'm Ann Johnsos. And I'm Tracy Weiner. Ann and I have been friends for a very long time. We met right after college. Yeah, and our first jobs as radio producers. We spent our 20s as wing women for each other, and it didn't work out very well. But then it did. And we found the right guys and stood up in each other's weddings. And then we had babies within weeks of each other. So we went from producers to reproducers. We make it look easy. Which brings us to this podcast. We want to discuss topics that interest us and you and provide some knowledge to other average parents. We're average, not experts. So we'll tackle these topics with people who know what they're doing. Yeah, we'll get the experts. And I fully expect to embarrass myself along the way. Yeah, after season one, I'm pretty sure we already have. (laughs) So welcome to Apparently. We make it look easy. We make it look good. When everybody sees it, they stop and take a look. Apparently, there's something called a mompreneur. Huh? (laughs) That's a mom who merges parenting with a financially successful business. Oh, that's like what we're doing, right? Yeah, except for that financially successful part. Oh, yeah, that part. I forgot (laughs) about that. Uh, Well, I wanted to talk about this because there are plenty of moms out there who are merging parenting with I feel like we're all sort of improvising and the, the, the gig economy is happening. And, you know, this this podcast is an example of it. But there are moms who are maybe um, there was a, a playroom that, you know, it was a, a young set of parents who decided they were going to open up a playroom and barber shop. You know, like, remember the Fantasy Kingdom or whatever? Oh, my we all gosh. Went? Where we, yes. yes. We would take our kids there for all the, and, and then, you know, immediately my husband's like, we should open one. I'm like. Pretty soon, our kids are not going to want to be here, and we're going to be running Fantasy Kingdom. Oh yeah, my my mom, friends, and I we're all trying to think of our million dollar idea. What, yeah. what how we can merge two things together? We have a friend right now. He's got a four year old, and he's like, "I need to open up a trampoline park." And I was like, "No, you don't. Oh no, geez. you don't." Uh, but you know, you, that's a big idea. And, and do you remember for a while, I wanted to be a wiggle worms instructor. Yes, <laughs> I got a baritone ukulele and learned all the songs. Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine if I were a Wiggle Worms instructor now? I think you'd be great. <laughs> Move <Yeah>. over, Erin. <laughs> is she still there? I wonder. Yeah, she is. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, um, and we'll go into the Wiggle Worms in a minute. But anyway, I wanted to introduce someone um, we've heard a lot about, and um, she is doing what, what we're talking about, the mompreneur thing. So, uh, Lindsay Pinchuk is the founder of Bump Club, and then it became Bump Club and Beyond uh, back in 2018. 20- 10, when she was only eight weeks pregnant, she realized that moms and moms-to-be needed a place to meet and connect. So she founded Bump Club and held its first event. It was a prenatal workout, which I guess is probably more appropriate than like a pub crawl. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, Anne. Okay. Uh, but so, Lindsay, welcome to Apparently. Thank you so much for having me. So let's take a step back. Um, you started in 20, you came up with this idea in 2010. What was your career before you decided to find Bump Club or started yeah, so up? Before I started Bump Club, um, I worked in advertising and marketing. Um, I worked in advertising sales for um, the Hearst Corporation for about 10 years. And I also worked at Nickelodeon, which now my kids are like, why did you quit Nickelodeon? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was so short-lived, but... Um, I worked at Nickelodeon, I worked at Sports Illustrated, I worked at the Chicago Tribune, actually, um, selling advertising space and marketing programs to um, large brands across the country. And um, I went to grad school for integrated marketing communications at Northwestern. Okay. And um, funny enough, when I graduated, I kind of, I, 
I wasn't so sold on the fact that I would ever be using that degree, and I actually use it every day now, which I'm so thrilled about. (laughs) Yes. um, Which is great. But, yes, I worked in advertising and marketing before I started Bump Club, and I actually worked in corporate America for um, about a year while I was doing Bump Club as well. So So you started it, but you you still had sort of your your day job? (laughs) Yeah, I had my day job while I was pregnant, and I started Bump Club. I started hosting events for other expectant parents. I just, I really wanted a community that I could connect with and find support in. And there just, there wasn't, that didn't exist in Chicago outside of like a couple of prenatal yoga classes. And quite honestly, you're not going to yoga to meet people, right? And a lot of the prenatal yoga classes were actually at 5 p.m. And I couldn't get there from work. So I started hosting events while I was expecting my daughter, Jordan. She's nine, she's almost nine now. She's eight and a half. And I had my day job at, um, I was working at Good Housekeeping at the time. And it wasn't until um, I had my maternity leave with Jordan that I I looked at my husband and I said, you know, I really think that this could be something more than just me finding my community. And during my maternity leave, I don't know how, but I somehow find found a way to continue to work. And it was really during that time that I put a lot of time and effort into the business and I went back to work for a few weeks after my maternity leave was over, and I realized that I wanted to take a chance on this. Yeah, and so it started out as Bump Club, but during that maternity leave, you uh, realized it could be Bump Club and beyond, right? Because after the bump, there's still a baby, right? Yeah, so I mean, I always intended to do events for moms also. I mean, we started doing events in Chicago. We had some prenatal yoga classes, like you said, and we had a shopping event, and then we started hosting educational dinners for expectant parents. And it was through those dinners that I actually made a lot of friends as well. And I, I'm still friends and still talk to so many of the women who came to Bump Club early on. And we all started having our babies. And a lot of the early, you know, I call them the Bump Club, the BCBOGs, a lot of the original Bump Club members were, were like, well, what, what are we going to do now? Like, we want to still come to Bump Club. And while I knew we were always going to do stuff for parents, I didn't think that it would happen so soon. And it was actually on maternity leave that I decided to, I changed our logo and I changed our name and I had to change kind of like all of the business filings and we changed it to Bump Club and Beyond very early on. And um, about five weeks after Jordan was born, we hosted our very first mom's event and we had a brunch. Um, It was at a restaurant in Lincoln Park and it was a new mom's brunch. Everyone brought their babies and we had um, our sleep expert, Janine Hayward from Swell Bean. She's amazing. Um, you know, everyone was basically like, we, we need sleep. We need yeah. sleep. So we brought Janine in, and she did a whole talk for us on newborn sleep and kind of the first year of sleep. And then from there, we, we really just continued to evolve. And as I needed things and my peers needed things, we really started adding to our repertoire and to our curriculum. That's so amazing because when when you're a new mom, I mean, I'm going back. So my oldest is 13 now. So this is like kicking the cobwebs out of my my memory banks. But that's like what you want most is those adult interactions with people who are going through the same thing at the same time as you. And like to have a place where you can socialize and learn something at the same time is just winning. No, completely. And you know what else is... um you know, if you have a baby and, like, your best friend has a baby six months later, 
I mean, you absolutely can be there as a resource, but you're you're really not going through the same things at the same time. Six months and six months in the baby world is a really long time, and we really try hard um, at our events and um, through our curriculum online even to have women who are going through kind of like the same stage. Like we even have them at our expectant parent dinners now. We have the attendees sit by trimester mm-hmm. because I think it's so important to find women that are going to be on maternity leave with you. Those are going to be the people who are up at night when you're up at night and starting solid food when you're starting solid food. So I think that it's just so important to really connect with with women who are in it with you. That's attention to detail right there. Like, yeah, but so Tracy and uh, our daughters are are ten weeks apart, and you're right. The ten weeks is a big difference. Like her daughter was just way way beyond my daughter for. I mean, I think I think Sophie has caught up by now, but yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but um, but you're right. You really want someone who's going through it at the same time. Yeah. So, what types of events and advice does Bump Club and Beyond offer now? And like, we, and how how many locations do you have? So we don't. So we have. Uh, we've expanded a ton, um, but we, and we offer a lot. But um, Bump Club and Beyond now offers both curriculum and events and um, both online and in person. And that's really what I tell anyone who comes to Bump Club and comes to our website and comes to our social media is that we really are the only company that's delivering in-person community. And I say community because we don't just deliver, you know, one-time events and leave and leave you high and dry. We come back to you, um, whether it's online or, you know, come back to your city to host more events as well. So, we are, we are talking to women both personally, in, you know, in person and online through social media, through our blog, through webinars. Um, and we are offering content and curriculum for parents and expectant parents really up until, like, school-age kids. Um, we've added a bunch of webinars this year focused uh, for my peers, really. I mean, I, you know, dealing with bullying and playdates and body safety, and we're, we're doing our first-ever um, child anxiety um, webinar with some experts um, actually from the Chicago area later on this spring. So we really have expanded as our audience has expanded. Um, We are doing our in-person expectant events and our new parent events, um, as well as, like I said, our webinars. And in terms of where we're hosting the events, oh, God, we're hosting events in over 30 cities across the country. Wow. Which is awesome. Yeah. Um, We have women um, market leaders, mom market leaders, on the ground in about 10 cities across North America um, that are really focused on growing the community in their cities. And our goal by the end of the year is to hopefully be in 20 to 25. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it's really inspiring. And uh, Tracy and I um, have... We missed the boat. Where were you? I know. Yeah, couldn't you have done this earlier? Yeah. (laughs) You know, I have a new mom, not a new mom, but like new friend, um, here, I live, I live in the suburbs now, and I, ha- I have a new friend who said to me, she said, whoa, like, where were you, you know, eight years ago? Um, I wish I would have known about you then. And I was like, yeah, but you know about me now, and we're friends now, so maybe that's better. But I get that all the time. So yeah. It's a huge compliment, so thank you. Well, I've been uh, digging uh, on the site, on the blog, um, trying to, you know, Tracy and I, we talk about a lot of the stuff you're facing now, like the, the bullying, the anxiety, because our kids are a little older. But I wanted to offer some content for 
the younger moms who might be listening, the, the ones who might be expecting or um, first or second, but um, because remembering the anticipation of, of what a new baby would mean um, is it's fun because it's been a while for us. So yeah. I want to take you through one of your blog posts where you offer some advice. Does that work for you? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the tips in one of your blog posts was um, you are now the CEO of your family. And I'm totally digging on this because <laughs> I like this idea. I like the sound of it. I'm the CEO of my family. So t- what does that mean? I mean, you're the, C- the moms are the CEO of their families. They really are the ones who run everything. And, you know, I, I don't want to discredit the dads or the significant others or the partners because I know we all have, you know, a ton of support there as well, or a lot of us do, and, and that's very lucky. But moms really are the ones that, you know, work on schools and feeding and camp and daycare. And really, I find at least, I mean, I, I know for me, you know, are, are the, the ones who find everything first and kind of bring it home. And then as a family, we decide together what we're going to do or what's best for our family. Um, you know, and I, I definitely appreciate the suggestions of, you know, my mom and, you know, my husband and um, friends too. But I, I really am the one who feels the pressure. And I know a lot of moms do to make those decisions um, and really be the one to you know make the executive choice of what is going to be the best for our family. Yeah, I remember too, like the uh, the unsolicited advice that comes your way when you have a new baby. Oh yeah, everyone. And, uh, I always remember. So my daughter was born in May, and she did not. She couldn't keep socks on. Like I don't know what it was. Maybe because those socks were ridiculous. But she was always kicking off her socks, and people would come up to me unsolicited and be like, "Your daughter's cold. Your daughter's cold." It's May. Yeah. Well, actually, well, in Chicago, who, you I know, know but snow, like, I know June and July. One, you know, one of the biggest things that we tell our expectant moms and new moms at our events and on our webinars is, is we love to use the mantra that "Your best is good enough," and that comes from one of our, our experts, the lactation partners. Yeah. Um, they said it to us so long ago: like, "Your best is good enough," and it is. And I really try to tell women to tune out the noise and not to worry about what everyone else says. Um, and also on the sock thing, the best socks or booties <laughs> for for babies are the the Zutano fleece booties. They actually snap around the baby's ankle. So there's oh. a tip. I hope someone could use it. Uh, that's great. And th- th- I don't know if they existed back then, but I'm going to buy some now. I'm going to make her wear them. <laughs> um, so the second tip you have is lean on anyone. What does that mean? I always tell the women that come to our events, you're going to get... So, so many people are going to offer to help you. They're going to offer to bring meals. They're going to offer to come hold the baby. They're going to offer to do just about anything for you. And you need to let them. Um, you have to accept help. And you have to accept help in no matter what form it comes in. Um, and if you, if you continue to say no, the help's going to stop. And you're going to find yourself pretty lonely. Yeah, it dries um, up. <laughs> yeah, it does. It dries up. And I think if you accept it and you... You know, I used to kind of have a rule, like if you came to my house, you had to help me with something, even if it was just holding the baby so I could shower. And I never hesitated to ask. And I still don't hesitate to ask. Um, I just, I think that as women, a lot of times we are wired to want to do everything ourselves and you can't. Yeah. You can't. And as a new mom, you're, you're going into this new stage of life and a lot of us are going in blind and we don't really know what to expect. And it really is important to lean on everyone who you can. Yes. And, and never, never reject it, right? Because people want to help you. 
Right. No, you don't reject it. And I think the other thing, too, is that in terms of accepting help is that oftentimes, I mean, most of us never put ourselves first, even now. I mean, you know, I have a five-year-old and an eight-year-old now, and it's, you know, we, I, we all put our families and our children for the most part before we put ourselves. But when you first have a baby, you have just gone through this major physical transformation, too, and your body's in disarray and your hormones all, are all over the place, and you need to recover. And if you don't recover, it's just going to take that much longer to start feeling like yourself again. So you really need to use the help that you can to put yourself first so that you eventually can put your baby first. Great. I like this one, um, especially now, but um, I could have used this back 10 years ago. Bump up your social circle. What is that? That's what Bump Club is all about. Um, When I started Bump Club and Beyond, it was to find other expectant women who were, you know, and friends and support who um, were also having babies at the same time as me. Interestingly, um, when I first got pregnant, none of my close friends were pregnant at the same time as me. Mm-hmm. We all have second graders. So I was just first, um, which, which was great. But at the time, I just, I really didn't have a group of women who were also expecting, which is why I started Bump Club. And, you know, at the top of the show, you talked about mompreneurs and most mompreneurs really start their businesses because they're looking to fill a void in their life. And that yeah. was my void was that I, I really wanted support and community so I, I, I always challenge the women and men who come to our events. Um, you're not just here for the information. You're not just here to win a stroller or to get a gift bag, but you really should be taking home the numbers and the emails of the people that you're talking to around you. Your network. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's just it, you want to be texting the people when you know, you're up in the middle of the night feeding. You want to have someone that you can go to Starbucks with. You want to have someone you could even like meet at Target and go for a walk or go for a walk in the mall. It, it, you, it, it, pregnancy and maternity leave, especially, and being home with a new baby can be very lonely. And it's really important that you are um, finding adult interactions um, on a regular basis. Lindsay, I remember once I was walking the baby um, and I met a woman who had the same stroller and I was like, oh my gosh. And we talked about the stroller. We talked about newborns and we were so, and I came home and I was like, this, this is a really nice woman. And, she, and my husband's like, did you get her number? And I was like, oh God, no, I could never ask for someone's number. <laughs> and so then like the next time he was out with the baby, he pretended that he got like the numbers of four women. <laughs> Um, but, but we did, Tracy and I did wiggle worms at Old Town School of Folk Music where we just brought the babies and we all sang songs and, um, and, and had our Starbucks. And had our Starbucks. So, yeah. but uh, the bump club seems like such a, it fills the void for sure. Yeah. And we do so much. Like we, I mean, for, we have, um, we have a program with Bubbles Academy in Lincoln Park, um, about your fourth trimester village. And, <laughs> It really, it's for brand new moms to come and we bring in speakers, but we also, there's a social component as well. And I've had so many new moms recently tell me that they have found like their mom tribe at the fourth trimester village with Bump Club and Bubbles Academy. To me, that is like, that is why I do this. And I, I nothing makes me happier than hearing about women connecting with one another. Um, and, and I always say at our dinners too, like, don't be embarrassed to ask the person next to you for their numbers. Like I have three play groups that came out of bump club. I am still very close friends with a lot of the women who I met at bump club. In fact, this last Saturday night, my nine, my almost nine year old daughter slept at her best friend's house. And that is the, the daughter of my bump club bestie. 
So they are still very close friends. And we went out, my husband and I went out with um, my bump club bestie and her husband for dinner while the girls were having a sleepover. That's awesome. That's awesome. All right. Tip number four, shower yourself with everything. Um, this ah, was, this was really interesting to me too, because, you know, you, you feel like, oh, I don't, I don't really need to create a registry, but it's, that's, that's silly, right? Yes, it is silly. And, you know, whether you're having a shower or not, and I actually didn't have a shower, but once the baby comes, people want to buy you presents. They want to get you things. And think about it. When your friends have had babies, you've gotten them things too. So one, let them. Um, and two, just put everything you think you need and everything you think you want on a registry um, because things change all the time. Um, you might not think you need a height chair when you bring the baby home, which you don't. But if someone buys it for you, that is so great. That's one less thing that you have to buy later on. Mm-hmm. If someone buys you your convertible car seat, which you know you really don't need till the baby's 10 to 12 months, depending on the seat, um, put it on your registry. You know, you can always exchange it. You can always return it if it's not the one that you want. But you you should be prepared. Um, one of the other things that I always suggest people register for, which often they don't, are diapers because in diapers of every size. Obviously, it's going to be three in the morning when your kid has a blowout and needs to move from size one to size two. <laughs> so you want to make sure you have that next size diaper, at least one package of them in your house. Um, diapers are expensive. Yes. And as much as it's not like the most glamorous gift, you need them. Exactly. So why not put them on your registry? Well, as someone that's gone to plenty of baby showers, I have to say I'm the person that really appreciates having a registry because I'm not I'm not inventive. I don't like I, I like to stick with what somebody wants rather than coming up with something that my sister Sarah I don't think is the same way. But yeah. she she's creative like that. But uh, I would prefer to just know what you want and I'm just going to go and get it. Yes, and absolutely. I was just at a shower over the weekend, and on on some registries now, you can let, let's say there's a stroller, let's say there's a car seat, you can just pay fifty dollars toward it, and and like really, yeah, Amazon will now keep track, and so you can just pay to, to fund. So other people can see yeah. that it's like fu- halfway yes. funded. Yeah, it's like a GoFundMe for you know baby no gear. No way. Yeah. Um, and also, where was that? Lot? I know, years? I know. And Lindsay, Lindsay, half this stuff is so funny because none of this existed. <laughs> It's so stupid. It's, it was only 13 years ago. But, but so much has changed even in the last nine as well. Yeah. Yes. Um, also, I I got so much princess crap. And, you know, sorry for those who gave it to me. But what? I didn't want princess crap. Um, but I did have one friend who held a shower and everyone brought a children's book. And um, they all signed them. And it was funny because some of them didn't have kids. They brought like Hogwarts. I'm like, uh... Oh man, that's so funny. <laughs> it's for a newborn. But um That's but okay. Still... It's something to grow into. Yes, yeah. yes. So anyway. Okay, what about this one? Don't overthink the obvious. Yeah, I just talked about like putting diapers and stuff on your registry, but I think too that um, you know, so many I'll get so many women who call me and they're like, Well, like, what do you think about like this stroller and this stroller and this stroller? and like, you know, they're asking me a gazillion questions and I get it. It is a huge purchase and it's a huge decision. But you know, don't, don't spend hours and hours a lot. You know, you want to be comfortable with the gear that you're using. You want to be comfortable with the products that you're using, but you don't need to overthink the obvious as you stated. Yes. All right. Guilty. Okay, go ahead. Yes, this is true of Tracy. Um, All right. So I thought this one was really interesting. When it rains, it pours, but try to curb the shower excitement. Yeah. So, I mean, I think a lot of women come home and they want to open every box and put everything together and, sterilize every part to everything. (laughs) And 
I, I really suggest not to do that. Um, there are going to be items that you don't use or you'll want to return, which that's only natural. I mean, one, one of, I think, the biggest mistakes is, and I tell women, like, don't register for gift sets, like multiple gift sets of bottles, okay, because your baby is going to likely determine what bottle brand you use. My, For example, I had a bottle company that I was working with, and they so graciously sent me a bunch of bottles when Jordan was born she didn't like the bottle. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, she, she just, she didn't like it. She didn't take it. She wouldn't drink it. So I always suggest to our moms to go out and buy like a single bottle when you're ready to introduce a bottle, a couple different ones. And you decide what, you know, what works for you in terms of parts and cleaning and your baby will really dictate which one they take. But if you've gone, gone and like sterilized an entire gift set of a certain brand of bottles, you're kind of stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, same thing with washing clothes. Um, you don't know how big your baby's going to be when your baby comes out. You mm-hmm. might not need any of the newborn clothes that you just you know, <laughs> washed hundreds of dollars of newborn size onesies. So, mm-hmm. That know, I, definitely <laughs> resonates in my house <laughs> with my daughter. Oh, yeah, boy. So, I mean, I just think that, like, it's, you know, you really just kind of want to take note of the things you really need. And I think, like, number one is your car seat. You need to know how to use it. Read the instruction manual. Find a car seat tech to help you install it and teach you how to install it and teach you how to use it. And then number two are diapers. Really, those are the two biggest things that you need. Yep, right. Wash an outfit or two for your baby. Okay, what about, this one's funny to me. Um, I didn't really have a problem with this one, but prepare a guest list and hire a bouncer for the delivery room door. This makes me laugh. We always talk about it. Um, One of our expectant parent dinners is all about labor and delivering kind of the first week home. And for years, we've been saying, like, you just want to think about who you want in the delivery room. You don't want to be in the moment and have never discussed that before. And, you know, maybe your stepfather or your husband's stepfather or a mother-in-law or like Uncle Frank wants to come into the delivery room because they're all waiting, you know, in the waiting room. You and your significant other really need to decide ahead of time who's coming in and who's not. And you really should communicate that to the hospital staff as well because at the end of the day, they will help you and they will make sure that no one comes in that you don't want to come in. And I really just, for example, I wanted it to be my husband and I and that was it. And, you know, my parents were out in the waiting room and um, I just, for me, that was like the most um, calm and just easy way to deliver this baby. And you need to discuss it beforehand. Sure. Right. And I remember my mom and dad came and I was in labor for a super long time. And my dad just kept leaving to get coffee because he was so uncomfortable. <laughs> I think he got about 20 cups of coffee. He's like, I'll be right back. And then he would wander around the hospital. That brings us to this next one, which is expect the unexpected. And coincidentally, we had to switch phones because something unexpectedly happened with the phone line. So, Lindsay, I know I had a birth plan with John Denver uh, playing in my birth room and whatever, and I, it did not. It didn't happen that way. So, what what can you expect? You really you can't expect anything um, when you are when you are going to that labor and delivery room. Especially for the first time, you know, you're walking in blind. You don't really know what you don't know what to expect. What you can expect is that the healthcare providers that you've trusted are going to be there for you, and they're going to help to ensure that you have the best delivery, labor and delivery possible. So, you know, I always tell our our moms and dads that they really need to just throw any plan out the window and rely on their healthcare providers and really listen to them and advocate for themselves. You want to definitely 
you know, speak up, speak up if you need something. But, um, you know, things happen. Things happen that you aren't, that, you know, you're, you're just not in control of. I mean, my daughter had merconium at our labor and delivery room went from four people to 40 because we were at a teaching hospital in less than four minutes. And it actually was like less than 40 seconds. I mean, it was like so quick and all of a sudden there are all these people in our room but I never worried because my OBGYN didn't let me. I mean, she was just, she was so amazing about guiding me through everything and what was happening and explaining everything. And I think you just need to trust that and trust the people that you've um, put yourself in their care. Sure. And I like this one too. Always remember safety first. And this is where I think your bump club and beyond would be absolutely amazing with all these workshops and webinars that you do. Um, safety first, learning about CPR. Like if you have these things set up for ki- for parents to go and sign up to go to them, you're taking one extra step to provide those classes to people that, that I don't have to go looking for a place to go take those classes. Yeah. And everything that we offer is also, it's different and like a compliment to a lot of what's offered in the hospital. I mean, obviously, when you go to the hospital for like a labor and del- delivery class, for example, it's very, you know, it's medical. And this, and when we offer labor and delivery, for example, it's very real life. And it's like, you know, the, the people on the panel are OBGYN, labor and delivery nerds, doula, etc., who are um, moms. And they kind of like tell it from the real perspective, not just from the medical perspective. Sure. But back to being, you know, safety first. Um, there are two things when it comes to safety first. One is infant CPR. You really need you. Everyone needs to take an infant CPR class before you bring this baby home. Um, it is so important to know and to understand um, how to save your baby's life if, heaven forbid, that happens. Um, the other thing that you need to learn how to do is how to install your car seat and how to use it properly. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot, a lot, a lot of talk um, talking at both online and in person about car seat safety. Um, car seats are. Seven, there's a 70% mis- misuse rate of car seats in the country. And it has been it has been like my job to make sure that the women and the men and everyone who comes, the grandparents who come to our events, know and understand how to use your car seat and how to use it the right way. Um, because your car seat, your child's car seat is your insurance policy. Sure. And I, I have seen and heard many stories of um, situations where, a car seat being installed properly has saved the child's life. Gotcha. So one of the other ones when we, we talk about safety first um, leads to this one is totally true. Babies don't come with a manual, but their gear does. And make sure you read it. I, there's so many things that come out of that box when you open the box to, to install something or, or build it. Um, you want to talk a little about that? Yeah, I mean, I think you know manuals now are not just the they're they're not just paper. You know, you can go online and there's ma- online manuals as well as there's, there's videos like almost YouTube. every single company. Yeah, YouTube. I mean, YouTube is has everything, but in almost every single company has you know proper usage videos on their websites as well, which is great. But you really need to make sure that you are reading and learning how to use your gear. Um, there are a lot of things out there that. For example, you think that your baby can sleep in it and it's safe for them to sleep in, but it's probably it might not be designed for that. It might be designed for, you know, resting your baby while you are taking a shower or whatever it might be. Um, the other thing, too, is you, like I said earlier, you really need to know how to use your car seat um, and not just how to install it, but when did your child grow out of it? 
Um, What are the weight restrictions? When is it time to move to the next car seat? And the biggest thing that I always say is you, if there is a buckle on something like on a car seat, on a bouncer, on a stroller, et cetera, that means that when your child is in it, they need to be buckled. Um, Your child can slide down. They can fall out. Accidents happen. So you want to make sure that you're using your gear safely in addition to um, properly. Sure. So those those two words go hand in hand. I like this one. It's uh, put your feet up for real. And I just remember after having a C-section, we went to Babies R Us and I was carrying the diaper bag and someone said, why are you carrying a bag? You just had a C-section. And I was like, oh. It never occurred to me that I should actually have someone else carry it. Um, and I, I remember, too, people coming to see the baby, and I felt like I had to clean the house. No. No, 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 no. We, like I said earlier, we, you know, we kind of tell our, our, our parents that come to our events, like, when someone comes over after the baby is born, um, they need to be doing something for you. Throw in a load of laundry, bring you a meal, hold the baby so you can shower. But this is the time that you really do put your feet up. It's not a time to be a hero you really need to rest and recover because that's how you're going to be able to be there for your baby. Um, You know, whether it's late night feeds or nursing or even just playing with your baby on the floor at the beginning is, you know, it seems they they're there and they get it. You you know, they they can't really interact back with you, but you want to be present. So you want to make sure you're taking care of yourself. And part of that means you're not entertaining visitors and they should not be expecting that when they come to your house. Some of my best memories is when I would get my daughter down to to sleep again when she was like an infant. infant. Yeah. In the first six months, you know, when they're napping all the time, three times a day or whatever. And my my husband had mater- or paternity leave and he was home with us, too. And we would we were giddy. We would put we would get her to fall asleep and then we would go to bed <laughs> <laughs> and we put the room darkening shades in our condo. We would close the 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 blinds and we would go to, and we would take a, a schluff. We would sleep for like two hours and we thought it was so awesome. And you should. I mean, there's so many moms who like in the beginning, I, I'll hear stories where we'll be like, yeah, well, like my baby's going to take a nap and I'm going to write thank you notes. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Like people don't send. Yes, I understand. I understand. I, I have a whole personal feeling about thank you notes for babies, but um People understand, and they should. Um, they're not giving you a gift to receive a thank you note. You don't need to be writing the thank you note within, you know, two weeks of your baby being born. Yeah. You need to be taking care of yourself first and foremost. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I love that little nap I had. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what about um, don't save your packing until the last minute? And this is a good one, too, Lindsay, because you don't even know what to pack when you haven't had a baby. Well, we have a list for that. Okay. So um, we do have a list. Um, we have a checklist on our website that people can go to to, to put it, decide what they want to bring to the hospital. Our list includes kind of everything in, under the sun, and you, you really need to choose what you think you need. Um, but don't save it to the last minute. You never know. Your water, your water could break. Mine did both times, one late, one early. Um, so you want to make sure that you kind of have your bag ready to go a few weeks ahead of time. One of my favorite things to tell um, moms to bring is your personal effects. You're not going to the Four Seasons. You're not going to a hotel. Um, The shampoo and conditioner at the hospital is not so great. I sent my husband to, you know, Walgreens or CVS to go get me some when we were there. Because after the baby is born, you have likely been in labor and delivery for hours and hours. You want to shower and you want to shower with your own stuff. So pack it. Um, And I would also bring your own pillow, 
flip-flops for the shower are really important because, you know, again, it's not a hotel. Mm-hmm. And definitely like a robe or something to put on after the baby's born so that you um, you can get out of that hospital gown. Sure. Also, uh, bring some maternity pants because you're not going to leave w- the size before you got pregnant. Yes. I, I yeah, thank you for that reminder. And I, we always say that too. We always say like bring loose fitting clothes. Don't bring things that you want to even like preserve. Like, I, I mean, you're, a lot of women don't know they're going to be, you're going to be bleeding. You're going to be bleeding sometimes for six to eight weeks after you have this baby. And um, it's really important that you're comfortable and just like, I, I wanted to throw all that stuff out after. Yeah. So, like, it, I went to like Target or Walmart or whatever and bought, you know, crappy pajama pants. When I got home, I threw it out. Yeah. Um, this is my favorite, favorite one, which was, it's okay to hoard. I had no idea before my first baby what you can do with an extra bag at the hospital. What? Yes. You didn't? I did. Oh, well. All right, Lindsay, please People explain. I tell you, which is why we do. I mean, you're paying for it. It's your insurance. Um, bring an extra bag in your suitcase, for sure. And make sure that anything that you get um, from the hospital that you take home with you. If they're, you know, they open up diapers, they're yours. Um, the nasal aspirator. And I even really like the hospital swaddle blankets. Like we use them after for burp cloth. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my favorite things was the disposable mesh underwear. Oh, I yes. loved, I mean, both times. And when the nurses would change over, I would tell the new nurses, like, hey, I need some more of those disposable underwear. And I was literally hoarding them in my bag. Um <laughs> I mean, it sounds crazy, but like you're a new mom. The last thing you want is to have to worry about going, you know, on Amazon or going to the store to find them. They're right there in the hospital. So I would take those, the ice packs, those long ice packs that you would like sit on after the baby was born. I took a ton of those. Yeah. Um, And just any of the supplies that are in your room, those are yours. So bring them home with you. Absolutely. So Lindsay, one, one last question um, as we're trying to wrap up a little bit, what advice do you have for parents trying to balance work and family? Cause you seem like you got it going on uh, with this uh, mantra, mompreneur, mompreneur. So everyone always asks me like, how do you do it all? How do you do it all? And my answer is I don't. And um, I, you know, one of my biggest pieces of advice for any parents, whether you work or you don't is to ask for help and to not be afraid to ask for help. Um, it's okay. It doesn't make you any less of a parent or any, you know, less of a hero. I mean, it's like you can't do everything. And um, for me, it's, you know, I have really great childcare. Um, my mom and my dad are always willing to come in from out of town if I need them. My husband has been amazing in terms of um, supporting our biz- this business, our business, and um, where it's gone. Um, but you have to ask for help. And you have to be okay doing it. Yep. And one last thing, because I, I wanted to ask, you know, you, you have so many recommendations for products. Do people come to you and say, um, you really need to try these socks? Or do you find things and then say, you really should be a sponsor? So it kind of goes both ways. One, at Bump Club, we disclose anytime it's a sponsor. Okay. So um, we do disclose that. And two, if, if it is sponsored, even if it is sponsored, our team, now we have a team. I mean, I have 10 people who work um, on the Bump Club team, and we won't put stuff out there that we wouldn't use as parents. Right. Um, you know, that's kind of like if there's something that we're kind of iffy about, even if it's paid for, we have turned away brands and products before. Um, it's really important to me that our audience trusts us with recommendations. And, you know, I have stood up at dinners before and said, you know, this is a great product for X, Y, and Z. 
you know, but you might not want to use it because of X, Y, and Z. And like, we really don't want to compromise the information that we're giving out to our audience. Um, I don't feel pressure to suggest products. I just won't do it. If it's something that I don't believe in, I, you won't see me doing it. But I also, on the converse, like if I find things that I love, I, like I don't necessarily make them a sponsor. Sometimes I don't even work with them. But if I love a product, you'll know about it. I mean, like those Zutano booties that I mentioned at the beginning of our um, our broadcast today, I mean, they're not a sponsor. Um, you know, we found them on our own. And we have, we do work with them a little bit now. But, um, but, you know, I love that product. And I think it's so important to share good products because there are so many products out there. Yeah, and I, I appreciate your honesty, and, and I think you're right. You're only as good as your word, so the credibility would suffer if you didn't, if you didn't have transparency. Yeah, and if there's, if something, things go wrong with products all the time, right? So, like, when they do, we share that knowledge as well. I mean, we're not perfect. I can't predict if there's going to be a stroller recall or a sunscreen recall or whatever it might be. I mean, I'm, I'm only human as well, and so is my team. Um, but we're really transparent and we share the information from the brands, both sponsored and not, that um, that we use on a regular basis. Well, thank you so much, uh, Lindsay Pinchuk, founder of Bump Club and Beyond. You can find it at bumpclubandbeyond.com. We will link to that on our podcast site. Um, Lindsay, you're you're delightful. Uh, we uh, admire you. Uh, we don't know oh, exactly you so how much. you do it. We just... <laughs> But what an thank awesome! You for having me, I really appreciate it. What an awesome resource for moms! Yeah, like, I wish you. I wish it existed in a, a, a little bit earlier. Could you find something for teenagers, please? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe eventually we will. Yeah, so I know, but we we'll, never know. We'll still be too old. Yes. Anyway, um, thanks so much for your for your insight, and um, I, I I believe we'll talk to you again. I hope so. Thank you. All right, take care. So apparently, not only can we balance work and family particularly if we ask for help, uh, we can merge them. And I just love the idea of making parenting your business. Um, not everyone can do it successfully, but um, it's it's really thrilling to hear what Lindsay's doing. Yeah, she's that's awesome. I think this whole organization is really cool. So um, I wish I thought of it. I know, me too. <laughs> well, she didn't think of this podcast, though, so we got that going oh, okay, for we us. Oh, okay, we got leg up on Okay. <laughs> Well, we'd love to hear from new moms. Uh, what What's something you wish you were told ahead of time um, before you had the baby that you wish you knew now yeah. or back then? Share it with us. Uh, put it on our, our Facebook page. Um, call 331-704-0046. Or you can email us at apparentlypodcast at gmail.com. This is a WGN Plus podcast. I'm Ann Johnsos. And I'm Tracy Weiner. Thanks for listening to Apparently. We make it look easy. Make it look good when everybody sees it. They stop and take a look.